What's up, nerds? Welcome, everybody, to the Nerds Who Lift podcast. I'm so excited today. We have Stacy Bama Burr on the show with us. Stacy, aka Best in the World, aka Mrs. Steelio Girl, is going to be on the line with us. So stay tuned, and I'm so excited to have her on the show. Stacy is a ball of energy, is inspirational. It has definitely made me tear up from time to time. So I have some questions from you guys. We're going to get into that. Talk to her some about how she got going as well as what she's up to now, which is pretty exciting. And then from there, see how it goes. So before she's on the line, I'm just going to put it out there. Thank you, Stacy, Bama Burr, for coming on the show. You're awesome. And let's get to it. All right, we have Stacy Bama Burr online, and I'm so excited. Thank you for being on, Stacy. Thank you for having me, man. Yes, I'm. You know, especially for kind of my show being kind of new and you being down to do it, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to have you on and excited to hear you know, about all the stuff you have going on. Um, I have some questions that I collected from, you know, from some of the people so we can get into, but first, of course, as always, I know you've done it a thousand times, but, um, you know, for the new listeners, a little bit about you and kind of how you came on the, on the come up. All right. Well, I'm Stacey Bama Burr. I am the best in the world. Um, yes, ma'am. That's me in a nutshell. But uh, <laughs> see, I have four all-time world records in powerlifting, uh, two all-time squat world records in sleeves and wraps, uh, 463 and 565. And then I hold both of the all-time world record totals at 148 with, I think, 1261 and um, – what is my last one? Fourteen thirty-five. See, I don't even remember the totals because, honest to God, it, you know those records and everything—they're great and they're awesome. But that really doesn't even matter that much. You know, it's not even how much you lift; it's just what you can do with it and the people that you move with it. And so that's me in a nutshell. I own my own personal training company, the Bama Brick Squad Training, and I have six affiliate trainers underneath me. So that is my full-time job there, and I do speaking. And I've started doing uh, motivational speaking and seminars and uh, personal development topics where I'm spreading what the champion mindset is, and that's my newest endeavor. And so here we are, and so I hope we get to talk about that a little bit too. So here to get some money, my man. Oh, yes. We're going to get that money. And I, I definitely want to hear uh, – I wanted you to talk a little bit about that champion mindset because um, kind of my whole, uh, my whole goal with – starting this show was I wanted to make a resource that I wish I had when I started into Absolutely. lifting and I wanted, you know, like what I, whatever I wish I had back then, like I wish I could have a one-stop shop that could direct me to, you know, either really good educational content, you know, like elite FTS has free content, like go there, they're, they're legit or, you know, or be able to listen to, you know, high level athletes um, or lifters and do hear how they came up because everyone wants to know, you know, like what you do now, but no one asks about what you did in the middle from where you started that got you there. 
And, and I honestly, feel like, that's the most important part. You know, it's like everybody yeah. sees now where I'm at, and everybody sees like you know the current state of being, but nobody asks the questions that really, how did you get there? How you know nobody sees that. So yeah. absolutely, I'm all I'm for it to talk about it, anything and everything. Yeah, and and it, and I know you and you've and you've said it like you and uh, Jaffe have said on you know on the instances that nothing special work, and. Um, and it was funny because you guys started saying that one of my first coaches used to say that the magic is in the mundane. And so when you guys would say another nothing special work, it was very reminiscent to me. And that was like one of those things where I was like, ah, oh, I love them so much. They get me. I mean, that's, that's the stuff that nobody wants to hear, right? Everybody wants to hear that there's this magic secret, that there's just one exercise that does it all for you. Or, you know, just they won't, they want to tell you that in a year's time, if you do this and eat this, you're going to be the champion, the ultimate champion of the world, right? But what nobody wants to tell you is that that's not true. It's not true because it takes years. It takes years of just chipping away slowly but surely. Nothing special. Like there aren't any Instagram highlights. There aren't anything. It's not nothing new, right? When you PR, you PR on the platform. You know, and that's what it's all about. It's about setting yourself up for the special thing, but it's everything that leads up to that that really makes the difference, and it's just being able to grind away and do that work to achieve something that's just exceptional, so I don't know, it's just really awesome and Trevor and I, oh, oopsie see, uh-huh. Trevor and I, we came up with it in the garage, like, you know, in the garage in South Florida, because uh, when I went to go compete at the Arnold for my last competition, where I totaled the 1435 and um, hit the all-time highest Wilkes at the time, what I did was I moved down to South Florida and I ended up training with Trevor. I trained with Trevor, my coach, uh, Trevor Jaffe, because I knew that that was what I needed. I, For me, what you talked about earlier about not having anybody really, you know, you wanted somebody to talk to, you wanted somebody to ask questions to, find resources. Where I was at in South Carolina, I didn't really have any other resources. I didn't have anybody around me that power lifted. I pretty well trained alone for the most part. And I knew that to get to that next level, I needed somebody to basically call me out on my crap. I needed somebody to look at me and say, Stacy, you're not doing that right. Like Stacy, this is what you need to do to level up. And I mean, where I was at, you know, if I'm squatting 500 for a couple of reps, everybody's like, bow down to King Stacy. But I need somebody to tell me, you're still not doing that right or how I could improve. And so what I did was I picked up my whole entire life and just moved in with Trevor. And that was what it was. So that way I could have a set of eyes on me at all points of times. And so somebody that would call me out on my crap and somebody that would tell me that what I could do to improve, you know, because nobody likes a yes, man. At least that's not what's going to get you to that next level is having somebody just agree with you and tell you you're the best. You've got to actually become the best. But so we came up with that in the garage one day we were training together. It was, you know, it was hot, we were sweating and it was just, it came across to us both. And it was like, you know what, this is what it takes. And everybody's like, what? And I was like, this is what it takes. It takes the nothing special, just the, the reps, the like mundane, the stuff that you don't want to do, like, oh, I'm doing four sets of five at this little tiny weight that makes no difference. I don't want to do it. And I'm on the very last set and I'm getting tired, you know, like, and it's like, it would be so easy to just dip out and say, oh, I'm not going to do this today. But that's what makes the difference is that last set of that, of that last exercise that you don't want to do that really seriously just makes no difference to you in your immediate future. It's you doing that 
every single day, just checking everything off the list. That's the nothing special that leads to being exceptional, and that's just the key to everything. And we came up with that in his garage in South Florida, and it's just stuck ever since. And every time I see somebody now that says something about, you know, the nothing special work, it makes me so happy because, like, that's that's what it's about. And I took that whole mindset and not only applied it to training, but I applied it to life as well because, for me, um, I grew up, I grew up, you know, I grew up poor in South Carolina. I didn't really have a ton of support. I didn't really have – I was always different. I was always just nothing really – I never had anything handed to me, right? I never had the silver spoon. Everything I earned, I had to work for it. And that was what I was taught from a very young age was that if you wanted something, you just had to work for it. And so to me, me coming from being nothing special, I wasn't, you know, I never had the right last name. I never had the, you know, ended up in the right situation, right time when I was younger. I was nothing special. But it just goes to show that you can become whatever it is that you want to become if you put that work and apply that work you can be something very, very special. So that's the whole whole situation there. It's yeah. a full-fledged 3D version. Yeah, and I, I feel that that's been something that you've been very open to share, you know, with the work. Because I think when I've originally have heard, you know, you talk about when you started your powerlifting career, that was, well, what year again? Uh, back, that was... 2014. 2014 was after I graduated from college, and um, I played collegiate sports, and then once I got done playing collegiate sports, I had to find something to do to be competitive. I had to find something to let that out, and I found powerlifting. Yeah, and it was the same for me. I found it just over a year ago, and you know, and I, ha- I used to do martial arts when I was a kid all the way up until my early 20s, and then... Um, you know, and then I hadn't found had any other competitive outlet until I found powerlifting, and then the community, and then that was you know hit the itch on both ends. So you know, I think for you it had been so it's four years you know from when you started to getting that like that's four years. And I remember like you know I I you know followed you you and I saw you when you moved down to Jaffe's, and then you would you know you were posting you'd post your you know what you were eating that day, which was the same thing rice and ground beef. And then, you know, you guys in the garage with the dumbbells and shit talking. And it was that same thing from when I saw you move there all the way up until where you finally broke the world record. And uh, I think it's kind of – it goes to show that if you were to take an actual training montage of someone who does exceptional work their life, their day-to-day, every day would probably look pretty much the same up until that last – last couple scenes where they finally get Absolutely. to the thing. I mean, because if you think about it, I never even announced where I was doing, right? Like, no, I, I just saw you down go down. <laughs> I down to Florida and I told everybody, I was like, you know, I'm preparing for my next competition. I didn't give a date. I didn't give a time. I just let, I let everyone watch. Mm-hmm. I let everyone stay tuned in to what I was doing, but I never had to make any kind of announcements. It was just watch what my daily grind is, watch what my daily habits are, watch me do my mobility work three times a day, watch me eat the same meal for the next, like, eight weeks watch me do all these things and then see what happens because i never i never said what i was exactly going to do i just did it it's like that is what it's all about it's like just go through and do the work win every single day like what we talked about earlier if you win every single day if you have these set tasks and i just need to make sure i eat this i make sure i do this i make sure i do my mobility work and you do it like unrelenting that's that's the key that's the secret is just doing it yeah and like you had said earlier before we started recording of just 
when you just don't think about it. Like the more you dwell on it and you kind of let that become daunting and your head gets in your way and you're like, oh man, that's a lot. There's this, uh, blah, blah, blah. But as opposed to just like, this is next on my list, I do it. This is next on my list, I do it. Um, there's something to be said for kind of being a machine to some degree. I mean, if, if you think about it, like, I mean, I have anxiety just like the majority of people in the world, right? Like, I think everybody has some form of anxiety. It's just up to us to control it. Yeah, yeah I guess you can. I get yeah. amen. Amen. It's Hallelujah. Like, it's so easy for us to get overwhelmed, right? Like, immediately, if you think about, oh, my God, like, I have my, like, I have my bulletin board sitting right in front of me, and I had it broken out day by day, checklist, 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 like, what I need to do on that specific day, because if not, if I just think about what I have to do all week or what I think about, you know, for the next upcoming weeks, like it just gets so overwhelming because there's so many different individual tasks and you're just pulled in so many opposite directions. But being able to actually focus, focus on the task at hand and just have that tunnel vision, that's honestly one of the biggest things that I'll take I'll take away is it helps you control your anxiety because that way you have a set ta- target, a set task. You're not able to get overwhelmed if you just focus on executing one thing at a time, one day at a time, one rep at a time. And so that's really kind of something that really hit home with me and I did this beforehand like I always would plan my day structure my days checklist everything off but doing this you know living at Trevor's and stuff from the time I woke up which was 8 eight fifteen every single morning from the time I went to bed which is 10 p.m. every night I had a I had a nap behind my training every single day about a 30 minute nap so that way I could decompress get back in my recovery mode I did everything like I was supposed to do every single day and so that's why I was you know that's why I achieved the results I did because I did the work and I did it executed it every single day and I didn't allow myself to get overwhelmed or to get worried anything that seems like far-fetched like me making a weight I don't know how I'm gonna do it but I gotta do it you know instead of saying I can't do this or this is too hard I just question mark I don't know how but I know I have to you know I made the bed so I gotta sleep in it and so that's just what it's about is just task by task, day by day, and it helps you just stay on target. And so anybody out there that has struggles with anxiety or struggles with being productive, getting things done, start making lists. Start making lists, check them twice, and then just as you go on, get all your things done for the day at hand, and then get one thing done for the day that's behind it. So that way you create momentum. You always feel like you're getting ahead, right? Yeah. We just check off all your checks. And then we have one more that we add to it. So that always just keeps me rolling. Yeah. I, I actually had heard a really good one. I had a, I heard a gal who used to, she, she would write her list. And, you know, she had, you know, she would write her list of stuff she needed to do. But she would admit, she's like, but that list would give me anxiety. And she's like, anxiety on top of my anxiety. So what she did was she would write the list on the back of the page. Then she would write task one on the front of the page. And then she would do task one, cross it off, and then she would just simply just look back, and then she would write down task two on the front of the page. So she would only see the immediate tasks. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. And so she didn't see a huge old list, um, which, you know, it kind of goes, it always just made me wonder, and I've, I have talked about, you know, with friends before that, you know, we live in an age of, of hyper-awareness, 
like we're aware of so much thing, you know, so many things. And, you know, when people say, oh, back in the day, there wasn't people with as much anxiety or depression. And I find that probably hard to believe. You just had people who didn't know what to call it or were not aware. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know I had anxiety. I didn't know. I didn't know until recently that I, I didn't even know what anxiety was. Is, right, I was like, oh, that's stupid. You're just a pussy. Like that's honestly <laughs> what I felt like. And then as I, you know, gained a little more responsibility and like got here, I was like, oh, that's what this feeling is. This yeah. feeling of just, blah, 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 you know, blah, blah. like my just, my head can't get focused. My heart, you know, my heart starts beating fast, and I'm just worried about what's going on everywhere else, and I can't, you know, focus on the task at hand. Yeah, I that's... realized, and I was like, oh, this is a real thing, and it's like. I don't think that things have changed so much that, you know, there are more people that have anxiety now versus years ago. I think now we know what it is. We have this hyper awareness. And I think, in my opinion, it's not necessarily a good thing. I think it can be, but it also gives people caveats and excuses, right? Because now that we know that there are, you know, like, Oh, well, I can't focus because I'm ADD. Oh, well, I can't focus because I have anxiety. Oh, well, I can't do this because we have an excuse, right? Because we have this hyper-awareness of everything and everything that is around us. And so instead of using it to positive as a positive thing where we can basically shape our days and shape our lives to make sure that we are in the best state, you know, for productivity to make sure things happen, a lot of times we don't do that. We just use an excuse. We say, oh, well, you know, I can't because of this, because this is wrong with me. And for me personally, I've gone through a lot of, lot of personal development growth in the past probably year, year and a half. And there are a lot of things I didn't necessarily know about myself. Like I didn't really know I had anxiety. I didn't really know exactly how poor I grew up. I didn't really know (laughs) all these things because I wasn't aware, if that makes sense. When I grew up, I had a house, I had shelter, I had a family that loved me. So I never knew what, I never knew I was poor. You know, I never knew I didn't have until I go out and I find like, oh, wow, I really actually am kind of poor. You know, it's like until you have that awareness of things being wrong or things being different, you don't know any better. So like a lot of times I think, you know, the years prior, people might feel these feelings, these, this restlessness inside them, but like they just continue to go on and handle their business instead of being like, oh, this is my trigger word that I have anxiety. So if I say I have anxiety, you can't negate me. You can't say anything because this is my excuse and that's what I'm going to use, right? Yeah. Yep. And, that, and, that, and people will hold fast to that. And I think I think part of it may be the pen, you know, the, you know, the, pe- the pendulum always has to swing the equal opposite. You know, it's like we go from complete ignorance, you know, to one end or maybe denial, you know, from the old days. And then now we're hyper swinging to the other end of, you know, hyper awareness to hyper sensitivity. And I, you know, I I hope and the optimist in me hopes that it'll kind of even keel like that. You know, that pendulum will kind of find a a medium um, and kind of get the best of both worlds eventually. But until Absolutely. You know. I, mean, I think I think in time, I think in time, you know, it's just like you said, the pendulum swings and it goes it goes to the most extreme straight off the rip, right? It goes from the extreme end to the extreme end. Yeah. Then eventually we'll end up right where we need to be, but it'll just take some time. And it'll take some just like a little bit of like people actually understanding and instead of like instead of using excuses, we just need to identify problems and solutions. So as we progress with that, I definitely think we'll be where we need to be because 
knowing the problem is what sets you up to create a solution instead of just knowing the problem and then using that as your excuse. We, if we get to the point where we become problem solvers rather than just, you know, using things as a cop out, I think we'll definitely be as a whole in society right where we need to be. Almost. Yeah, most definitely. And, um, you know, speaking of motivational speaking, I mean, one of my favorite speakers is Eric, the hip hop preacher, if you've ever, yeah. which he's because he's great. Um, but he had something a, a few years ago and he uh, on his podcast I listened to, um, he said, you know, too many people ask, ask themselves either what's wrong with something or what's wrong with them, but they don't ask enough of what's right with me, what's right with me and is or asking about anything is this right for me because there may be nothing wrong with x y and z but it may not be right for you um you know and that kind of sets a part of you know what is right with you nothing wrong with you and or what is right for, is this option or whatever you're you're dealing with what's right about it for you or is it probably wrong for you and that it's just kind of the wrong question people are looking at that again that pessimistic as opposed to you know, the more solution oriented active side of it. And that always, that always hit me really hard and uh, has stuck with me since. I mean, and that's part, part of like, you know, what I'm trying to spur the champion mindset is always just, instead of, you know, you, you ask the right questions, you frame, you get that frame of mind where you can actually grow from, right? Because if we just ask, you know, wow, there's, there's nothing wrong with this. Like what is wrong with this? What's wrong with me? Like, Sometimes it's not necessarily that there's there might not be anything wrong necessarily, but it just might not be the right fit for you because your key that you have doesn't open every single door. And that's what I think sometimes as people, we expect our key just to open every single door, every single opportunity. We expect to hit it out the park, home run. And if we don't, we get upset with ourselves. We're like, oh, well, I wasn't good enough. Oh, well, you know, why didn't I get that job? Why? What's wrong with me? And that's something that I've struggled with as well, because I've just always had a little bit of, you know, a chip on my shoulder, and it's just like, I was always the underdog coming up. I was always the underdog, and nobody ever said my name on podcast. Nobody ever said I would win anything. You know, they just said I, I wouldn't. But I think that knowing, now coming to, you know, coming to my own and knowing who you are is just important as knowing who you're not. So I think you have to recognize what opportunities are the best for you. What, you know, what opportunities your key is going, what doors your key is going to unlock. That is the most important thing. Instead of focusing on the doors that your key doesn't open, focus on the ones that it does. And just remember that it's not supposed to open every door. You know, not every opportunity is for you. It might not be wrong, but it just might not be the one that's going to set you up for where you want to go. So, yeah, exactly. Not everybody can pull sumo like Trevor Jaffe, and it's you exactly. know, and it's fine. Not even me. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. And and it is, it is what it is. And I think that's why you know you the champion mindset seminars that you're getting into. I uh, I think it's 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 I, a, I love seeing the transition of you 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 know work four years. You got what you were working for, and then now you're going to use that. You're going to use that as let you know to help people and i think the champion mindset that whole idea that's like that's what like that's i, don't know, I think that we all need that like i you know i can't wait to go to one once you know once i'm able to um i want to hear it i think other people need it because like we said you know people have you know we have the most anxiety that we have adhd and i i just think that that's something that is missing that that's 
a little bit of that, you know, we, we just know so much of what's wrong with us as opposed to yeah. all the good stuff. Like you said, instead what's of, the right thing? Instead of me telling you, you know, like, instead of me telling you, okay, well, let's break it down. This is what's wrong with your squad is, you know, you need to turn your toe a third of the degree to the left and you need to do this and that and a third. But guess what? The main thing is in powerlifting, we're squatting, benching, and deadlifting, right? Most of us, for the most part, we know how to squat, we know how to bench, we know how to deadlift. There may be some tweaks along the, along the way for sure. Absolutely. And I'm happy to give any tips, tricks, tools, whatever. But the biggest factor that nine times out of ten holds you back from your success is you. And, like, nobody wants to hear that, right? So I have people pay me to listen to these seminars for me to tell you that the thing that is wrong, the reason why you're not successful is because of your effort, of the lack of effort that you're putting in. Because we hold, we hold ourselves, we don't hold ourselves accountable. So you say, oh, well, you know, I'm not good enough. Well, why? I have people that meet me from time to time, and a lot of people are just, like, fascinated by me. I'm not really sure what it is, but it's like, they'll say, Stacey, you're just so strong. And I'll look them dead back in the face, and I'll say, so are you. No, no, you don't understand. I'm not strong like you. And I'm like, not yet. And it's just like this open-ended question, and it, like, makes them think, right? Instead of saying, like, dude, you could never do that. Because that's what people told me. Stacey, you'll never squat 500 pounds. Stacey, you'll never be the best. Stacey, you don't have the right genetics. You don't have it. Instead of people telling you you don't have it, I want to be that person that plants the seed. I want to be the person that looked at you and said, you know what? You're capable. You're capable of anything you put your mind to. I don't care if you're, you know, this skinny little kid that, you know, somebody told you you'd never do anything. I don't care if, you know, whatever your limitation is, I want to tell you that you can beat it. I want to tell you that you can beat the odds. I want to be the person that inspires just a generation of greatness. And I never had that. I never had that. And you asked me if anybody asked me how did I develop this, how did I develop this mindset, this mentality, because I had to. I had to if I wanted to survive, and I had to if I wanted to achieve my goals and my accomplishments. Even if I didn't have somebody else holding my hand, I was the only person that was with myself in the gym every single day. I was the only person that was taking care of my recovery every single day. So the things that I fed my mind, the thoughts that I fed myself, those are your diet just as well as the food you're eating, the environment that you're in. You have to make sure that your mind is where it needs to be. And you remind yourself just how capable you are because it's really easy to fall into that trap, that slippery slope of, man, just poor me, pity me. Like, it's so hard. I'm just so tired. You know, there's all these excuses out there for us all the time. But what I do with the champion mindset is – you just have to know. You have to know what it is that you're doing, and you have to prepare yourself. And you have to prepare yourself every single day to execute, to plan as best as you can. And that means controlling your environment. That means controlling your thoughts. That means being a complete master in control of yourself. And once you realize how capable you truly are within yourself, everything else seems to just fall in place, and it falls in place just how it's supposed to. So that's my goal. That's my goal is just to spread that to as many people as I possibly can because I know if I had had someone like this when I first started when I was younger or anything like that, I know that some of the hardships that I faced, you know, being an elite competitive athlete, that was just a little bit cuckoo, right? A little bit too much. I've always been just a little bit too much, but I know if I'd had somebody to kind of reel me in, you know, earlier on because Trevor Daffy, he became that for me. He became my mentor and he became – my coach at the very end, he coached me through two meets, and he was really honestly 
the person that reeled me in and reeled me in enough to make not, make me think I wasn't crazy, right? Because for the whole time while I was competing, and I told people, you know, I was really I was reserved exactly all who I'd share all of my information with, like all my thoughts with, because if people wouldn't support me, I just wouldn't tell them. You know, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I'm going to tell you I'm about to be the best in the world. And you're going to say no. Like, I'm not going to even give you that option because I'm not even trying to hear that kind of negativity because I know what I came to do. And Trevor, he listened. He understood. And he said, let's do it. You know, he said, let's do it. Every single thing that I, you know, that I said, regardless of if it made sense or not. I remember um, in November when I had squatted, uh, it was 5, 5.45 for the all-time world record then. Uh, Trevor told me, you know, we're talking about numbers. We never even talked about openers and stuff. We never talked about what I was opening with, anything like that. All we talked about was what I was finishing with. And people don't believe me, but I didn't really care what I opened with. All I cared about was the end game goal. And I remember we talked about it, and I was like, I need – I need 545 or whatever it was. And Trevor was like, well, based on calculations, Trevor's a percentage guy, right? He was based on this calculation and this target and this, this, this. I think that, da, da, da. I, I stopped him. I was like, Trevor, I said, I'm squatting 545. I said, I don't care what your calculations say. I don't care what the projection is. I said, I'm squatting 545. It's done. And he was like, okay, all right. You know, <laughs> well, let's say so. Let's do it then. So, it's just, I don't know, I, I'm very appreciative of him, and I'm very appreciative of having that kind of support, because it makes so much difference whenever you just actually have somebody there that tells you you're not crazy, you know, that tells you to keep on going, and they support you, and so I want to be what Trevor was for me at the very end, I want to be that for so many different people for as long as I'm around, you know, and that's honestly, I think one of my main callings in life is to be that motivator, to be that support for people out there that just don't have it, you know, and people out there that even the people out there that do have it, but they just don't recognize it. I want to make sure that you recognize how valuable that kind of support is. So we out here, boys. Yeah, we out here. And, but it's, and, and people need it. I mean, even when I, you know, like when I found powerlifting and I started, you know, I had, you know, my friends who meant well, like they mean well, they were like, you know, that, that looks really hard. You know, you're really, you're really skinny and you're tall. You know, you're not, you're not built like a powerlifter. You, maybe you should do something that you uh, are more, you know, more suited to like, you know, like a triathlon. Cause I mean, I'm lanky. I'm like a giraffe, uh, giraffe limbs. And, you know, and, and like constantly, like would it be my best friends or maybe, you know, you know, the you know, person that I was seeing at the time. And, and it was just kind of this constant, I was like, but I like this. This is fun. Uh, I want to, yeah. I want to do this well. Yeah. But you know, but you know why, you know, you're not going to do, you know, if you're, if you're not naturally, you know, genetically disposed, then why you're not going to get very far. I'm like, so I'll just have to work harder then. Yeah, but like it was just this constant thing, and finally I was just like, you know, all right, thank you, I, I appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, so then <laughs> smaller. Like that's yeah. like honestly, I had to make my circle very, very, very small because it's not that I was, you know, I love people, I love people so much, I love people more than I really should. Like everybody and anybody that comes into my life, I just want to improve it. I want to improve your life in some way, shape, form. But whenever I was competing to be the best in the world. And, you know, just that, that mentality, that mindset, I gave it everything. I mean, it was my every single day from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. 
And if I didn't have time for people to just negate me, I didn't have time for that. You know, well, Stacey, why don't like you're leaving your house and you're moving in with your coach to compete at the Arnold to do like what? Like, what's the end goal? Like, do you get a million dollars? Does confetti rain from the sky? Like, no, nothing happens. I wake up the next morning and I feel the exact same. You know, there is no like this is a personal goal that I set myself out to do years ago. Years ago, because my grandpa told me I was the strongest woman in the world before he passed away, and I just took it and ran with it. I was like, you know what? He was right. That was my one seed. That was my one seed that was planted for someone that had no idea what powerlifting was, had no idea what a Wilk score was. It was just somebody that believed in me, and I told him it was after my first meet. Uh, this was a conversation with my grandpa. I was at my first meet, and I told him somebody had reached out and said, you know, Ceci, you did great. Like, you were 10 pounds off of a world record, and it was like a federation world record right. kind of thing. But I had no idea, yeah. right? Like, I just heard, world record? What? That's like, this is my first meet. This is my first day. And so I told my grandpa, I was like, Grandpa, can you believe I was like 10 pounds off of a world record? And he said, yeah, I can. He said, you're the strongest woman in the world. And I was like, Something about it just really, really, it never left. It never left, and I was like, maybe I am. Like, maybe I am the strongest woman in the world, and then so I just went on and pursued it. And so, like, anytime anybody ever said, Stacy, I remember I was training one time, and I was training with a group of people that it wasn't normally, like, my, my training group or whatever. My normal training group is me, myself, and I, and my 12 different personalities. I can side spot, back spot, do all of it, right? <laughs> but um, she, we were training, I think it was, like, I had to squat 415 for some reps and sleeves. And I, my last one was, like, 385. And the chick was like, oh, so you got to add weight to that? And I was like, yep, I got to add weight to that and do it for some reps. And she was like you sure that's a good idea? And I was like, probably not, but it's going to get done. You know, like people mean well, but sometimes people just don't un don't understand their approach, that their approach should be a little different. And that's one that I think is very, very, like, very important is communication. And so part of my task, you know, things that I try to spread are just the importance and value of genuine communication and actually saying what you mean, saying the right words, saying the things that make sense, right? That's one of those things that's really important because even our friends or the people that are around us, they might mean well, but they just don't have the right approach. So it's all about how you approach things and how you deliver your message. And so that's one thing that, if people around you don't support you, cut, cut, cut. They yep. gotta go too. Yep. And you know they may not have your vision of what you see, and even though they care about you, they don't. Nobody they, does. Yeah, they Nobody don't. Nobody sees exactly, exactly what you have cooking up here. Yeah, or and and they may. And I think a lot of like you said about you know uh, kind of a little bit earlier, like you know like oh what's wrong with me? I didn't get that job or whatever. It's not you. Sometimes people, even your friends, they're gonna project whatever they have going on, you know, it's like if your friend is dealing with some identity crisis or some self-confidence issues and they see you like, you know, oh, I'm going to go put another 25 on the bar, they're going to be like, oh, I don't know, you know, because that's the state that they're because in. Because that's, that's the reflection of them. Yeah, exactly. Anytime anybody promotes their insecurities or anything like that on you, it's not about you because you're good. It's about them. It's about what they need to improve. And that's why one thing that I've realized, like through my competitive career, um, I don't know how much you know, but girls are petty, right? Like, I love guys. I hang out with guys all the time. And um, girls, especially, you know, they can be catty little things, right? And so a lot of times I faced a little bit of, you know, people never knew how to take me. They always took me out as a little arrogant little dickhead, right? Like, Stacey says she's the best. Stacey says she's the best. 
I am, right? Like I am because I knew I was. I knew I was willing to work to be there. But whenever you take it and you break it down, like people would say, well, she's just so arrogant. I can't, I can't stand that. But it's just because I have the confidence that you wish you had, right? It's you're, you're, you know, projecting your insecurities because you see how confident I am and you know you don't have that. So like your friends see that you're pushing, you're grinding, and you're grinding harder, like through these reps or through whatever it is, like you see that you might not be genetically predispositioned or set up to have the best situation to be, you know, the best power up in the world, but you still pursue it. You still pursue it no matter the resistance. And so what that does is it takes them and it's like, would, would I do this? You put yourself in your situation and you're like, nah, that's not like, so you project what you lack onto the person that has it. And so that's one thing that I've realized over time is that when people project about me being cocky or arrogant or, you know, just things like that, it's because I have that confidence and that self-confidence that 99% of the population wishes they had, but don't know how to actually, you know, develop it. Confidence is a skill just like anything else, and it has to be trained. And so that's, you're exactly right. Anytime people just, you know, anytime people come at you sideways or anything like that, no matter who it is, sometimes people don't mean it. It's just they are acting out on their insecurities and their personal things that they're dealing with because you make them feel, like you make them, you make them, understand that they have these issues you know so it just brings it to the light exactly i really like the term um you know throwing shade because it is what they're doing if you're shining and they want to kind of like shade that a little bit they yeah. want to i mean they're blinded hard to look at right like you can't look at the sun for very long oh my god i'm blind right yeah. so you gotta you gotta you know you gotta have a blocker with it yeah and i would like i would like to say I am a big ball of sunshine. I am an absolute radiant ball of light, right? And I've always been that way. I've always been that way no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance. But for most people, that's too much. Like you look at the sun, you're like, oh, my God, I'm blind now. I've always been too much for the wrong people. And so I've recognized that, that it's not like we need the sun. You wake up, you you know, your whole life revolves around the sunshine. It revolves around that. But if you stare at the sun for too long, you can't handle it. So it's just, sometimes you have to recognize your personal power. That goes back to seeing how capable you are. That goes back to identifying and realizing that you're not going to fit for all the all the people. If the, if the opportunity is not for you, it's not for you. And that doesn't mean anything bad about you. The sun is still going to shine regardless of if you like it or not, regardless of if you have sunglasses or not. The sun is going to shine day to day. And just if you're throwing shade, you're not going to get the vitamin D that you won't need. So that's on you. And that's going to reflect on you and everything else. So I'm going to still be out here shining, boys. Yeah. Don't keep on shining. And, you know, and it, it kind of goes back to, um, you know, I had always, you know, like my, my mom, I always learned from my mom and she had taught it to me when I was young and I didn't notice it until I was later, uh, you know, later on and I was a little bit older. Um, my mom is uh, really like a really swaggery woman. She was like a model in high school and all that kind of stuff. But she's also one of like the kindest people you ever meet. And she always taught me the difference between arrogance and confidence is the intention and the kindness behind it. You know, you know, confidence is, is, you know, I believe in myself, I'm going to do this, but you are, you also want to share that with other people. You know, you want to, you are awesome. Also, I'm not not just me. You are awesome. And arrogance is I'm the best and you kind of suck. You know, it's like, you're not trying to share that sunshine. You want to hoard it. And, and she always taught that to me. And it was something that I, 
you know, I didn't even realize until I was older. And that was the difference. And, and it was funny that you, you said it a couple of times now about being too much. And last night I was thinking about when we were going to talk. And one thing that really, um, you know, really like, you know, like drew me to, you know, follow you and Trevor um, was, you know, in which I did follow, but in November before, you know, before you moved in with him, the video right before, uh, you know, right before your squat, a little like, you know, highlight reel that you had and right before the deadlift you passed out, you know, I loved, you know, you were, you know, obviously you were so passionate, you and Trevor, you both get into it and, you know, and actually it made me tear up a little bit. Like I would like, I didn't even like, oh, man, look, tear, if I watch that, if I watch that, like, I remember, you know, yeah. And I, and I just, and I just felt it. Like it felt it through the screen. I was like, I oh, know, I know that feeling. And I'm like, and, but I loved it. Like that's, that's my favorite thing about competing, about like pushing yourself with that, those moments right there. And, and I, most of the time also in my life, like I was always one of those too much people. Like I was told like, Hey, you need to tone it down. You're yep. a little bit too much, you know, or when you get really excited and, you know, really excited in the gym, you know, it's like, you know, Hey, you should probably, you know, eh, you know, calm down a little bit. I'm like, okay, it's heavy. First of all, I don't want to calm down. And, you know, but it was always, you know, those folks that are just too much and you're always just told to tune down and you and Trevor kind of always resonated, you know, with me that like, Oh, they're there. They are too much, but that's, I want all of that. I want, I want it to yes. be too much. Like just let yes. that, like, I love, you know, uh, or even the Trevor, he was in the, you guys were in the cage and he pulled that beltless PR for himself and he was so excited. You guys were, he was just so happy for that little thing. And it like, it was in the cage. There's no lights. There's no judges. It was just for him and with his friends. And I'm like, Oh, it got me so excited and like, so well, and, you, know, and, you know, and it's like, this is like, I don't know for me being in the cage of the Arnold, this is going to be completely going off on a tangent here, but what's new yeah. being in the cage was just an unreal experience for me because it was the day after I competed at the Arnold, obviously. And of course it wasn't a good idea. Right. Because they hit me up. Um, Eric hit me up from animal and he was like, you know, we want you to be in the cage. And this has been a goal dream of mine since the time I picked up bodybuilding magazines when I was like 12 years old, you know what I'm saying? Like I would read bodybuilding magazines and I would look at the animal like cage. I would see all this stuff and be like, man, like I had posters of like animal athletes and like my, you know, garage gym that I had back in the day, whenever it was just like a, a weight bench, you know, like a home weight bench set and everything. I, and so I dreamed of doing stuff like this. I dreamed of being able to be in the cage and, you know, stuff like that, being worthy to do it. And then finally I got, you know, not to be in there. And it was the day after I competed. And I was like, well, crap. I was like, this probably isn't the best idea, but I'm doing it anyway. And I ran it by Trevor. He was like, oh, we're doing it. He was like, as long as you're alive, we're doing it. Yeah, like, so like we, we set it up, and I was going to do an AMRAP on bench because I knew I was going to give 150% the day before. So I wasn't going to be able to do a max effort, but I was going to do a max effort as far as intensity went with what I could do. And so we planned it, structured it, and just I AMRAP 225 on bench press. And, um, Trevor, like Trevor was trying, Trevor has felt the same way about the cage, you know, like, like Trevor's a little bit older than me, so he's been doing this a lot longer than me, but it's, everybody kind of feels, I think, the same way in powerlifting, that the animal cage is one of those just iconic things that you just dream about, you know, and so Trevor went in there with me, and we had talked about it before, that he was going to try to, you know, see if he could pull, if he could do some pulls or anything, you know, if there's enough time in there, because they have a set structure and schedule of who's lifting, when we're doing it, you know, the whole nine yards, 
And so I went in there, and people were like, Stacy, you're really going to do this? And I was like, why wouldn't I? And, you know, I didn't realize till after the fact, like, I just executed the task. Like, okay, well, today I'm going to do my AMRAP on bench, like, and tomorrow I'm going to literally die. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like you don't think about how crazy stuff is or how wild things are until after you do it, after you execute them. And it's just it's just part of your daily habits and the things that you do. But I went in and I made sure that I, um, Trevor was in there with me, and I had, like, an hour marked off in the cage for, for me. And I knew that if I went in there and I just knocked out that AMRAP, there'd be spare time and so I didn't tell Trevor because I wasn't sure if it was going to happen or not but I knew that you know he wanted to pull and I knew that you know he, he hadn't got a chance to pull or do anything yet because he'd been in there with, I think Chris Bridgeford and a few other guys but the opportunity didn't present itself so I made sure I went in there and I busted out that AMRAP and I busted out the AMRAP really quick so that way there was plenty of dead time and Eric was like okay Trevor well if you want to pull go ahead and pull and Trevor was like what? And I was like, gotcha. Like, you know what I'm saying? I said he was. Yes, so that way he'd have plenty of time to do it. He didn't bring his belt. He didn't have any, like, pants. Like, he wore jeans and stuff because he wasn't prepared to pull. Like, I don't think he hardly ate anything or anything like that. But it was just like, I made sure the opportunity presented itself because I knew that that was what tre- something that Trevor really wanted to do. And so being a part of that and being able to help try to set that up for him, Man, it was just so surreal because it's just like, that's what it's about. It's about giving back. Like, it's about giving back. Yeah, I did something really cool, and I would have never been able to do something that's something really cool without Trevor. And so it's about, you know, taking what you do with, it's like what you said about confidence, about taking what you do, do something great, but then make sure everybody else has the chance to do something even greater because that's how you all come up is just doing things together, setting each other up for success. And Trevor got the opportunity to pull in the cage, beltless. PR just for days. No Probably had 800 in me that day too. Just <laughs> told, you know, the intensity, the hype, and it was just so great to be there, be a part of it, and watch it. And I just, man, I love that man. That man, he's made a huge impact in my life. And if there's anything, anything I could ever do to help him, like get get anywhere he wants. Hello. <laughs> Hello. You got too hyped for the connection. Uh, apparently. <laughs> apparently, it was just What's like, new? Oh, new? <laughs> this is way too much on this on this line. The NSA agent was like, shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> it was too much realness going on. <laughs> um, uh, you were you were saying it cut off right right when you were saying how much you love Trevor and, and that Trevor. that no He's pants man. man. So there, we can just finish. <laughs> we, we can just finish, yeah, finish on Trevor, that. But it was really awesome. Are you recording it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I kept okay. it going. <laughs> it's just really awesome just to be able to help other people, to be in a position to help other people. Because like what we talked about earlier is like you always wish you had someone, you know, that could help you, blah, blah, Like, And I really didn't. I had to grind it out for the most part by myself. I faced battles with depression, like suicidal attempts. I mean, like I faced all kinds of stuff like leading up to do this, and I never really had – anybody to talk to i never had anybody that really understood a hundred percent and so it's like that awareness and just having that and now it's like if there's anybody out there that needs something needs to have just somebody to believe in them i, I want to be that i want to be that and i want to help as many people as i possibly can and so i'm out here trying to change the world and i'm gonna do it yeah you 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 is gonna do it and you're already doing it i mean like i said just even the little things like and I, can am will 
and you know which you're which i i love that you have and i mean it's true and even like we like i i met you really briefly at the la fit expo a few months back and you know and in you know like you said you're you're kind of you're, you're like hey what's up like you know everybody or even just coming on here it's like i'd asked like i'd reach out to like a few people like hey i got a new little show you know and like you know and obviously like, you're just instagram buddies and all but you know love to have you on and they're like okay yeah you know really busy um but yeah well, well I mean, just like, okay, so here's the thing here's the thing we are all really really busy like i mean uh, without a doubt like you're really busy i'm really busy like you know somebody becky across the street is really busy we're all really busy comparatively but you make time for the things that you want to make time for exactly oh yeah or even like this like i'm three hours behind you so you know so like we started this call good morning, good morning. <laughs> so we started this call at eight eastern time that would be 5 a.m my time but you know what? I, I was up at 4.30 and I made coffee and I was like, I'm going to talk to Bama. I'm excited as fuck. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry for getting you up too early. Dude, don't, don't, be, don't be sorry at all. I was happy. You're like, I can do it at this time. I'm like, I will be up. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm starting my podcast. My podcast launches in August. And guess what? My first one is going to suck. My second one is going to suck. My third one is going to suck. But we all have to start somewhere. And so I don't care if this is your first day. I don't care if it's your second day. I care that, like, you are trying to do something. You're trying to do something special. And so guess what? If I can be a part of it and I can help get you some listens, some views, and people hear what I'm trying to say, like spread my message through you, guess what? We're a tag team when we do it together. I don't care if your audio sucks. I don't care if whatever it is. Because guess what? It's going to continue to get better. And so volume two is going to be even better than the first edition. You know? But that's like, you have to start somewhere. And you have to have somebody out there that believes in you enough or believes in the message or what you're trying to do sometimes to help you finesse that way because guess what if you get turned down by all these people i hate rejection i am the complete honest like i hate rejection i hate getting rejected i hate getting told no like it sucks right it sucks but sometimes i don't even ask i'm like okay i just don't want to get told no so i'm not even gonna ask the question but sometimes all you need to do is ask the question you know shoot the shot and guess what eventually you're gonna make it like eventually you're gonna make it that's kind of was my journey to being the best in the world you can't ever pull a weight that you don't load on a bar so like i needed to know if i could do it or not i loaded on the bar and i missed i missed several times and it honestly was so hard to come back from just mentally but you just gotta know if you keep shooting the shots, if you keep doing it long enough, you'll get there. You'll get there, whatever that goal is. And so your podcast and everything, whatever it is, just keep doing it, keep making it, and it'll get better. And we all have time for whatever we make time for, and that's just the honest truth. And so if I'm able to help somebody or put be put in the position to make a difference, oh, that suddenly became top priority on my list. Yeah, boom, and there, yeah, and there it is. And it's the same, you know, you know, it's like I. I have fun doing this. Like I really, like I really enjoy like the same making a resource, like being able to talk to people. I'm like, cool. Uh, you know, I'm, I've always been too much. and I've always talked too much. Well now give me a microphone. I'll press record. I'll talk too much. Like <laughs> well, we, we need people like that. We need the people that are too much in this field. We need the people that talk way too much. Cause there are people out there that don't talk enough. So, I mean, it all evens out, right? Yeah, ex- exactly. And, you know, it, it kind of, and kind of, it always reminds, I was thinking about, um, you know, one of my favorite movies is Space Jam, uh, you know, oh, which is a classic, classic. a classic, but in, in the beginning of Space Jam, there's that iconic scene of, of uh, little boy Michael in his driveway at night shooting free throws, doing mm-hmm. nothing special. 
And then, you know, and it's just like that. And then it fast forward to him. And that's like one of my one of my favorite like little scenes from a completely random awesome movie that that when we were talking about it, that kind of like that image like went through my head of little Michael in the dark shooting free throws on a shitty hoop. And <laughs> in the garage. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do doing the damn thing and and it's great. Um, okay, so before I forget, I do have questions that people did give. I definitely wanted to get to those. And then... Oh, God. Let's well, do it. Let's do it. There, there's only a few because it's not like... I mean, not many people like look at my shit. So there's only a few. But there are some of them are pretty good. Um, but after that, I also... I did want to ask you, once we get through these, uh, how you... You developed your champion mindset seminars and like the tour that you're doing and all of that stuff, your podcast and your move, you know, all that good, all that goodness. So, okay. So for the questions for Bama, um, one of the first ones, which is a really good one is, uh, how do you come, which you know a lot about, how do you come back from an injury without fear of re-injuring after your back? Okay. Well, how do you come back from an injury? First, typically, you have to address the injury first. Like, that's part of people's problem is, like, you'll get injured and you won't take the proper time to rehab, recover, do the same, the little things, the nothing special things that actually help prepare you because an injury is a time that will set you up for a comeback, right? It's a setback, you know, immediately whenever it happens, you're like, crap, like, this is the end of the world, right? Whenever I broke my back and I, like, I struggled, I could not walk, I could not, I could not sit, I couldn't do anything pretty much without pain, and at that moment in time, it was the hardest thing in the world, right? It was like, the world has just, it's over, I don't know what to do, but you just have to focus on the task at hand and how to get better from there. So, it gives you a time to really rebuild a foundation, so just take the time to rebuild the foundation to repair yourself and get back better than what you were before because an injury sets you up basically on a new playing field that you can build back to even better than what you were before because something has repaired over this you know this tear over this injury that has happened so honestly if you just maintain a positive mindset and just focus on like people focus all the times like well you know i'm not where i used to be i'm not where i once was no, but you're better now than what you were before, and it's just going to take a little bit of time just to get back. But once you get back, you'll be even better and set up in an even better position to continue to grow forward from there because injuries are inevitable. Injuries are inevitable no matter how much mobility work you do, no matter how much you train. You will eventually at some point in time probably tweak a little something. I'm not saying everybody's going to break their back, but you'll tweak a little bit of something, pull a little bit of something, and you know it's up to you how you address it. You just have to make sure you address things, take the time to do the proper rehab, recovery, and just build back from there. So just keeping that positive mindset, you're not comparing anything to where you previously were. Everything is about the day-to-day where you are right now. And so if you are better right now than what you were before in recovery terms or anything like that, everything is a post-surgery PR or a post-injury PR. Just keep on developing and growing from where you are right now. And that's really the most important thing to focus on and just do all the do all the little bull crap that you don't want to do the little pt exercises the little drills because it makes a difference so act right and then just keep building from there yep and i and then for those who don't know with you getting your best in the world records and everything that was after you broke your back i don't know if some people i think some people don't know that it's like you broke your back and then well, you see, came that's back. The thing is, like, <laughs> when I tell people that, or people ask me, like, 
like it's, if you follow me for a long enough time, like some people know a little bit, but it's like I never complained. Like I never complained about anything because well, which you know, I've had several injuries. Um, and I had I had my TFCC repaired, which is in my in your wrist. I had my TFCC repaired in college from a softball injury. They told me I, I, I trained back then, and um, I just didn't train quite as heavy. I trained hard though, and they told me I'd never be able to bench press again. They said I'd never be able to have the stability to bench press again, and I clearly proved that to be wrong. Like after my back injury. I had several different things done and nothing really seemed to work except for actual movement. Movement therapy was really the only thing that really seemed to help me. And I started doing like my 10 minute walks before 10 minute walks were, you know, a thing. I started getting up in the morning and moving and just when I woke up in the morning and I'd focus on something positive, I'd get to moving. When I got my mind trained to put myself in a positive like mindset, it really seemed like the pain didn't affect me as bad. And like, I know that sounds kind of strange, but it's like, we have these receptors in our mind that, you know, adhere to stimulus, right? So it's not that when I was training that I didn't hurt. It's not when I was training, you know, my bench and stuff. It's not that these injuries didn't exist. It's just I didn't let the pain stop me because pain is just an indicator. And so if you listen to listen to the indicator and you figure out how to work around it or how to, you know, make things happen, that's all you have to do is you just have to train your mind around it. It's like, because suddenly, whenever we're in a bad mood and whenever, you know, our pussy hurts, oh, everything hurts, right? Well, my back really hurts today. Well, my back, the truth of the matter is my back hurts pretty much every single day. My back still to this day pretty much bothers me. Um, at some point, it bothers me more than others sometimes, but it's something that you just work around. It's something that you get used to and you figure out how to adjust. Right. And so instead of complaining about things like, Oh, my back just hurts. Oh, well, my wrist hurts. Oh, well, whatever. I just didn't talk about it because the things you think and the things you say and the things you feel, if you talk about it, think about it, it becomes real. And so the more you say, Oh, my back hurts. Suddenly your back hurts worse. Suddenly all these things. And so instead of complaining and trying to have an excuse, I did what I had to do and I made it happen. And, and I mean, I had several different injuries, but you never see on an Instagram post that, oh, well, this is a great PR considering my back hurt. No, this is a PR considering I am how I am today. It's shaped by the circumstances and the things that have happened to me. And so injuries and everything like that, they're not limits. They're not, you know, factors that really hold you back. It's so much. It's just the things that you want to do around that, you know, so nothing can ever hold you back if you don't let it. Exactly. Uh, and it's, you know, like, uh, my, uh, my, my dad lost his, uh, lost his leg in a motorcycle accident, motocross accident. And it was 20 years this May that he lost it. And he, it, we, uh, about a couple of weeks before the 20 year anniversary, he was like, you know, I really want to ride again. I think it's about time. And I was like, okay, pops. You do the damn thing, and then and I and I think and I'm a doer. Like when I decide to do something, I do it. Like it's I, done. I, it's done. So like like I decided to do this, and then a month later, you know, I had it on, and it's like I do it. I'll learn it. I'll do everything. He's and he's he's like that. And a couple weeks later, he bought himself a bike, and and got himself some lessons again because it's been 20 years since he rode, and now he's back to riding on with a prosthetic leg. You know, like he retaught himself how to like he had to like modify his bike and like change where the brakes are and do all this kind of stuff. But he just but he did it. But but he, he did, did it. it. And now he and he's going he's going out riding 
for the first time in 20 years from a you know really horrible accident which i was there for and yeah. was just like no it's 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 time like 20 years later like he just like it's so cool like he, he just like straight up like all right i'm just gonna like he found a bike and then like he started like you know looking stuff he like you know got lessons like he grew up riding so it was very important to him and like he had to modify the bike and like find a different like leg like he's and he's just, like, See, that's, like think about that think about that there's nothing wrong with you right there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing wrong with your dad like yeah the, he did he lost his leg but there's nothing wrong with him he just made the situation fit him right yeah. so he had to fix the bike it's not that there was anything wrong with him it's where he was right then and we just make it work we make that we modify the things that we are around and the things that you know affect us we make it work for us in whatever our situation is it's not that anything is wrong with you there's nothing holding you back you just have to work a little bit harder and work around some things but it's 100% still possible as long as the mind tells you it is, you know? Exactly. I mean, and, and necessity necessity breeds, breeds ingenuity, you know? Yeah. So you, will, you will find a way to make it work for you, you know? And so it's like, you know, he's like, he's like I'm, I'm 54. He just turned 54 also because we, we had went riding for his birthday, for his 34th birthday, and I was 10 at the time, or 9 going on 10. And then he had like a horrible, you know, accident. He went off of a jump, and the, it was all like wrong, and he... he crushed he crushed his ankle and his leg and so he's like i'm gonna be 54 he's like you know i only got so much more time that i can you know do this you know before and so he's like you know i gotta do it and so he just and that's what he does like i come i come uh you know when I, i'll come home you know because you know and he'll be and he'll be here because he's here when he's here for work uh and he lives in idaho i live in california but he he still works here and he'll be just like watching like tutorial videos or he'll be like watching like races or he'll be like listening to something like just constantly just obsessive obsessive until that's like a learner you know that's a learner that's a doer like and that's that sense of urgency that not many that more people should have like you know saying well i only have so much amount of time like and that's true with all of us not even if we're not 54 we only have a certain amount of time for every single day right we only have like everybody says oh i don't have enough time you're a liar like we all have the same amount of time, but guess what? The clock is ticking for all of us. So if there's something that you want to do, no matter who tells you you can't do it, no matter who says you shouldn't do it, whatever it is, it's up to you to make it happen if you want to because that clock is ticking. We only have a certain amount of time that we are like going to be on this earth and able to do these things. So why do we let anything hold us back? What is it that holds us back? Like what, what? Because we have to do, add a little bit more work because we have to do something and it's hard. Like, instead of saying, poor me, you know, I can't do this. Well, one day you really won't be able to. One day you won't wake up and you can't do something. And that's the only time that you can ever say, I can't do this, is when you physically don't wake up. Like, we can do everything that we put our mind to. It just sometimes it takes more effort than others. And that's that sense of urgency is knowing that... We, like, what you're doing today is shaping your future for tomorrow. Like, him getting on a bike and riding again, now he's going to be able to actually ride and be happy and feel like, you know, this sense of accomplishment that he came back from something, you know? Like, whatever yeah. tried to whatever tried to hurt you, whatever tried to beat you, it didn't. Yeah. And that's, the, that's it. That's what the champion mindset is, just getting back up and figuring out how to make it work, yeah. regardless of situations or circumstances. Yeah, and what if, what if you didn't know that you were working harder? Like, yeah, like, maybe somebody gets easier. But what if like like what if you just didn't know that? What if you were just like, oh yeah, I can like, I can do that, and you know, because again, what we talked about like that awareness that like 
you know, you're almost too aware of people who, you know, maybe are more natural or it comes easier. So you're like, oh, it doesn't it come doesn't as matter. easy. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. Like, and that's one thing about me that probably benefited me in the long run was that I isolated myself, right? In South Carolina, I was never everybody's cup of tea. Like, that's why I had to get out. But, like, I was never everybody's cup of tea, so I isolated myself. I isolated myself, and I trained by myself for the majority of my time. So guess what? I didn't compare myself to anyone because I didn't have anybody to compare to. But guess what? I stayed focused on my journey, on my task. I didn't get on Instagram and be like, oh, my God, well, blah, blah, blah is doing this, blah, blah is doing that. Because guess what? It really doesn't matter to me, to my situation, to what I'm doing. If I'm focused on what I've got to do every single day, I am going to get better and I'm going to be ready to be. You can't ever account for what other people are doing or if somebody has it easier and doesn't have to work as hard as you. Oh, I guarantee you, I mean, like I know for a fact, nobody works as hard as me or nobody worked as hard as me to get where I was. I literally gave it 150% every single day and I see other girls and other guys or whatever that they train once or twice a week and go halfway in casually and they're strong as balls and me it's like I'm doing this 24 hours a day you know like and it's just but it doesn't matter I do what I have to do for my situation for my scenario and that's all that I can really take care of if somebody else can get it easier that's great but guess what they're not going to be me and that's all you got to worry about yeah, they're not going to be you. And you also, you know what? You don't know what that person's going through. You know, that was, that, was one, that was one thing I always heard. Like, maybe that person is super strong or they're super good at something. But maybe, like, you don't know, like, how their head is, like, inside their mind. Like, you don't know, like, what other, what other you know, shit that they have going on that you want no part of. And you'd be like, yeah, you know you what? Never, <laughs> and you never know. And that's what you always need to remember is that, like, although on the outside it might seem like somebody has it completely together, somebody has everything that, you know, everything that you want, right? They might not. They might not. And it just might be that you need to just focus on you. You need to focus on you because everybody at any point in time could be going. Like, I, one thing I say is, like, about being nice and about being personal and friendly, I'll hold the door an extra 10 seconds, you know, like I'm that person that I'll sit there and I'll hold the door for that person and they just like start sprinting, right? They start sprinting because they see you hold the door. I'll hold the door an extra 10 seconds for people every single day of the week and you want to know why? Because I realize that sometimes you might be the only person throughout that day that smiled at that person. You might be the only person throughout that day that thought about that person enough to hold the door for them. They might not have anybody else that they can talk to, anybody else that believes in them, anybody else that would actually give them common courtesy of holding a door or smiling or saying, you know, your hair looks nice today. And so guess what? Everybody that you interact with on a day-to-day basis, you need to interact with them and create something positive because you might be the only ray of light in that person's life and so when you have the opportunity to do it you better do it and that's one thing that's just always stuck with me is that you never know what anybody's going through at any moment in time and just you smiling at that person and telling them to have a great day that might stop them from committing suicide they might have been planning to commit suicide that night and you stopping and saying i hope you have a good day today that might have been the game changer that might have been the catalyst that sparked something completely different and you never know that and you never really know what kind of impact you have the opportunity to make you just keep on making it. You keep shooting the shots and you keep treating people like people and good things seem to happen. Yeah, it does. And that can mean the world to somebody because, you know, like the old saying, character is how you treat others who can do nothing for you. Absolutely. And and like that's 
that's what it's about. And sometimes that means more than even, you know, like we were talking about earlier, than maybe your closest friends, because even your friends may, you know, not that they have an agenda per se, but, but when someone who just has nothing to do with you, they don't want anything from you, they hold that door 10 seconds and they say, oh yeah, you'll, you'll get there or yeah, no worries, you're going to get strong, like just something like that. And they have no reason to, you're just like, you know, you can feel it when somebody just means that and that can just, just switch. That genuine positive energy is, there's, there's some, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like that genuine positive energy when legit, like, that person could do nothing for you. Like, I don't have any reason to lie to people. When I meet people at seminars and stuff, if I see somebody, especially, like, younger kids, when I see a younger kid that has, like, that heart, like, you know, when I see that, I tell them, I'm like, you know, you're going to be something one day, kid, if you just keep it up. And they're, like, shocked, right? It's like, I don't have any reason to lie to you. I don't have any reason. There's nothing behind. Why would I tell you this? Like, you know what I'm saying? But when you see it and you recognize it and you just tell somebody, that's what planting the seed is, and that's really what it's all about. Yeah. And, you know, and, and just, and also just doing the day by day, you know, if I can, you know, I'll brag about my dad one more time. Like after he lost his leg, he had to do something cause he wouldn't just, he couldn't just like sit on the couch. So he, he started picking up golf and he never, you know, he did not golf, but he was like, but I, you know, I can't do anything else. So I'd go with him. He'd be on crutches on the putting green at this like golf course with one leg cause he didn't, couldn't have a prosthetic yet. And I would like, and he would like use the one crutch and I would go with him and he would just like putt around. So it's like, he, he like, that's because that's all he could do. And then when he got a prosthetic, he started learning how to swing. And then, you know, here he is. Um, now he's a, you know, if you don't know about golf, like he's like a two handicap, you know, professional pros are like zero. And so he went from, I lost my leg. I never played golf. I'm going to putt around to, I'm going to do that. And then obviously now he's like riding again. So like. My my dad's the shit. <laughs> Man, your family sounds great. Your family sounds great. I, I I'm I'm blessed to come from a really cool, legit family, and they're uh, you know like my sisters are. I have two younger sisters. They're gorgeous and smarter than I am, and they're super accurate. Right. And then, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> be 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 careful. My middle my middle sister, she's spicy. Um, and uh, you know, and then my, my mom's you know the sweetest. And my dad's you know it's awesome. So. Yeah, I'm def I'm definitely blessed to come from that. You know, uh, whenever I hear you talk about you know your family, like your dad and your grandpa, they remind me of my dad and my mom. So I always liked hearing that. Um, okay, next question. Um, one of the questions I got was, Are you do you have any of your champion mindset uh, seminars set for the Pacific Northwest, specifically Seattle? I do not. I do not. Um, how I set, how I set up my tour, honestly, is uh, I set everything up after the Arnold. I gave myself a little bit of downtime, and then I just started. I can see I started booking, and I booked for any seminars and any gyms that were willing to book me. You know, they wanted to bring me out, they wanted to bring me there. And I haven't had any gyms in that area that have really reached out and agreed to you know book me, pay me, set up for you know an event. So I don't have any seminars out there presently, currently. But I'm currently looking for 2020. So if anybody's serious out there, this is a PSA. I'm taking bookings for 2020, and um, I'll be adding to the schedule and adding to the list. So if you want me out there, get me out there. Because I mean, I'll, I'll go anywhere. Like I'll go anywhere that anywhere that anybody wants to hear me speak. And so I don't have really super super high expectations there i will go and it doesn't matter if i'm speaking to one person or if i'm speaking to one thousand people i treat it the same way so you want me to come out get me out there all right you heard bam up for president 2020 i mean for tour 2020 
Book her. Miss America, President, whatever it is. Whatever, whatever it is. Have you have you been to Seattle or the Pacific Northwest? I have not. Oh, it's it is it's nice. I lived in Seattle for a year, and it's uh, it's a really cool place. So, okay. yeah, so y'all y'all need to book her so she can go because it's awesome. Um, okay, uh, the next one is, if you weren't introduced to lifting, what do you think you would be doing? original game plan this is throwback 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 my original game plan was to do i was going to be uh, i was going to do a military college and i was going to be a commissioned officer in the marine corps um basically a drill sergeant that was my original game plan that got completely obliterated and so i really think that would have been my my goal and purpose there i don't think i would have pursued like quote-unquote professional powerlifting. I think I definitely would have been still lifting for sure, but I don't think my track would have happened anything like what had happened here. But um, I, you know, I was, when in high school, I was like student body president. I was very intelligent, very athletic. I ended up, I applied for a uh, NROTC scholarship, and I got a hundred, it was a $180,000 uh, Marine Corps scholarship, and it was awarded to me. There was only a couple, I think like two in the Southeast that were awarded, and one was to me. And, um, I plan to go to the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina, do my four years there for my undergrad, and then I was going to be a commissioned officer in the Marines. Um, but my recruiter messed up my paperwork, and pretty much last minute, I think I had like two months before I was supposed to be going to the Citadel, that my I was told my paperwork didn't go through as I was supposed to, and so the Marine Corps contingent was already full. It was already full, and um, the other place that I had applied for was Norwich University, and I was that was my backup plan there, and for you know for the military school, and their contingent was full as well because the paperwork was so delayed, and so then at that moment in time, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no idea. I had no plan because that was my hundred percent plan. And it got basically, I got slapped in the face and said, okay, well, you know, I, I didn't do the paperwork right, so your career and your future is just good luck, right? Yeah. So I kind of had to figure out what to do from there. And I just called, like, some of the colleges because I was, I was a local I was a local superstar, right, when it comes to, like, playing ball and everything. Um, and so around town locally, I was very known for my athletics. I got offered several different scholarships to play ball outside of South Carolina. But at this, you know, two months away from supposed to be going to school, I kind of was very limited on what to do. So I contacted Coker College um, in Hartsville, South Carolina, which is about 30 minutes away from where I live. I contacted a coach, and he was like, yeah, I still want to have you on. I'll find some money for you. So he gave me a scholarship to play ball there. And so I ended up playing ball at Coker College, which is where I ended up finding, like, falling in love more so with the gym, falling in love with powerlifting. Because um, somebody there like was who introduced it to me, and so that's kind of the direction that my life took because of a setback. Because everything fell apart for me, everything fell apart for me with like the you know the Marine Corps scholarship and doing these things like that. Everything fell apart for me, and I didn't know what to do. But it's like then it seems like the hardest and the worst thing in the world. It's like man, everything's just falling apart. My plan didn't go as how I expected. But now you realize that the plan went exactly how it was supposed to go. The plan happened exactly how it was supposed to. You just had to adapt to it. So instead of me being, you know, a drill sergeant and commissioned officer in the Marine Corps, I ended up just being a, a, a different kind of drill sergeant, right? I ended up yelling at people, and I'm just a hype man now. I'm a hype man and a little bit crazy, but 
know, I got to get a, I got to get more tattoos too. So that was obviously worked out well for me. But oh, oh, yeah. you know, had, had powerlifting, you know, I don't know. I, I still would definitely be training, but my had things not worked out for me uh, with powerlifting or how this happened. My goal of my dream was to become a drill sergeant in the United States Marine Corps. So. Take it for what it's worth. It's, I don't know. Well, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know exactly what would happen, but it, it, I'm right where I need to be as of now. So here we are. It's funny how things line up and like what eggs need to break to make an omelet. But it's like I can't see that because like no no one gets hyped like Bama. Like I like whenever you see anything, it's like man, no no one gets you hype or gets as hype as Bama when you're on a good one. And I can and I was just like trying to envision like Bama a la ma- major pain status. No, I mean, 100%. You can't tell me it would be sick either. I mean. Oh, no. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm saying maybe you should get one of those hats and then make, like, next meet or anything you go to or something and just, like, just hype people up, major pain status. That would be just priceless. I would, I'm with it. I, I would, I would live for it. I would die for it. That'd be. Oh, Halloween's coming up, so I gotta have a good costume. You know, I, right? I, I really think that could be a, could be a thing. Yeah, yeah. Ma- major, major Bama's li- like major Halloween Bama. liftoff. Oh shit, Major Bama sound has a nice ring to it. <laughs> just, just saying. Uh, oh, that's too funny. But it's true. Things line up, you know. What what feels like everything falling apart is actually just yep. you know things just setting it's just up. Like all this stuff, like when it happens, and you think it's the worst possible thing that could happen, you just gotta control yourself. You have to control your reaction, and you just have to keep on like figure out what's for you. It's just like what we goes back to what we started out with: figure out what's for you and what's not for you, and the universe will just show you. So. Awesome. Yeah, and it, and it, and it does. And you see, like you said, it takes being patient. And then also just takes every day doing the work and eventually you just chip away and that chipping away, you know, it'll, it'll reveal itself. Um, okay. Next question is, do you have any competitions in mind, whether or not it be powerlifting or maybe something else just in terms of like, you know, to scratch that competitive itch? Absolutely. I mean, like, as far as like, I, I plan to compete at something in the future as of right now. My goal is business related. My goal is business related to basically just getting growing with the champion mindset, growing with my brand there, growing my podcast. Um, my book should be completely put together ideally in December. Um, and so basically I, I detailed what it took to become the best in the world with a little more detail than what I just tell out here. But um, that, that that's my plan right now. My plan is to actually get myself in the right position from a marketing business standpoint. That's what I'm focusing on right now because while I was training, you know, competing, being best in the world, I didn't really have a whole lot of time to actually promote myself to make money, to put myself in the right situation. I was just focused on doing that task. Right. So right now my biggest thing is making sure I'm setting my life up for the best, you know, situation scenario. And then once I get everything taken care of, I do plan to do a little something I can't really tell you exactly what it is yet because I'll find out as I go along. Um, I've always been interested in bodybuilding. I've always loved bodybuilding. Bodybuilding is my first love, but I have zero desire to step on a competitive bodybuilding stage, and I don't have the desire to run the drugs to do a bodybuilding show, just to be completely outright honest. Yeah. Um, because that's one reason why I don't compete anymore in powerlifting as well, is um, I don't want to do what it takes anymore and to that, to that extent. So I want to find something that I can be competitive at, something that I can, you know, take that outlet out with, but that I don't have to, you know, basically 
risk my mental health, risk my physical health, um, because I'm going to be the best at it regardless. So whatever it is, I need to make sure I set myself up for the best situation as far as me- my mental health goes as well. So it may be there may be a little dabbling, a little strong woman or something. I don't know, oh, shit. We'll, see. we'll see. We'll see what's going on. There's um I don't know if you ever you've ever heard because I they in I think it's in Scotland they have those pretty sure it's Scotland they have the two stones the yeah, the, the Divi stones the Divi stones uh-huh. yeah I don't know I could see Major Bama doing doing that go well, lift Major a couple Bama, let's do it I mean yeah. I, like I honestly there's only been like two women to do it I think one one yeah I think there's like one or two I think I think there's been two. I think there's been two. I think there's been two. Yeah. All about, you know, probably about 200 pounds heavier than me, so challenge accepted, you know? I mean, mean, (laughs) I'm like the little chihuahua that, like, just doesn't stop, right? That's why I tell people I'm just a little chihuahua that's just gnawing at your heels, and I'm going to get it eventually. (laughs) You're you're, you're Adam Ant. Do you remember that old cartoon? Yeah. Adam Ant? Adam Ant. Just that little, like, super ant, but he was so badass. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I, I think that'd be dope. Uh, I would, I would love whatever. And how cool! I mean, how, if you could go back and tell like sixteen-year-old Bama, like, "Hey, one day you're gonna be the best in the world. You're gonna have world records. You're gonna have a podcast. You're gonna have your own like, like motivational speaking tour and a book and other <clears throat> goodies that may or may not be coming out for people." Uh, you know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's not even pretty cool. It's amazing like and i'm not like this isn't me tooting my horn this is me just absolutely like after i came back from my last trip you know tour to bama which was the texas takeover um me and my videographer mitch we went out and we really just had some had a couple events and we just did a lot of different things i just got back i got back yesterday so we drove from texas to georgia to get you know back to my, my videographer's house and then i drove from georgia down to florida um to back like for where i am now and I'm excruciatingly, I'm exhausted, right? Like, I'm exhausted. I don't talk about it, but I'm tired. I'm tired, and I'm just steady grounding. But it's like, honestly, I'm tired not so much just because of, like, the, like what it takes, you know, as far as the time constraints or the driving, stuff like that. I'm tired because I'm just so overwhelmed with emotions. And that's the thing that just really wears me out the most is that, like, I'm so overwhelmed with emotions, but they're all positive emotions. It's just I cannot believe that I... I'm in the position that I'm in, you know, and like this for the longest time, I've had this just thought that, you know, even still being the best in the world, when you think about what I did or being the best in the world, think about the powerlifting magazines, think about the podcasts and stuff, think about just how much attention do I get? Not so much, right? It's like, why is that? Is it because I'm not marketable? Is it because I'm not good enough? What, what is what is it? You know, there's a full spread of a chick that's half naked in this power magazine, but Stacey Berg is an Instagram spotlight. So a little corner of an Instagram spotlight, right? Mm-hmm. So it always seems like, you know, there's something that I'm not doing. There's something that, what am I missing? I'm not enough, right? What is it? What am I not doing right? But it's like, after this week, uh, after this week, you know, being on tour and just... It's been so phenomenal. I've really realized that there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. There's absolutely nothing wrong with me. I just had to put myself in the right situation with the right people, do the task, and it's just, it's amazing to me. They're like, because there's actually other stuff that's going on behind the scenes too. Like, um, for the past several years, I've been trying to work with a supplement company, right? I've been trying to figure out a supplement company and get sponsored by, you know, whatever, something that I believed in. 
and it seemed like I tried several different things. I worked with different companies. I, you know, had products, and there were just things I just didn't like, either about the business, about the company, or about what it stood for. Um, and so eventually, I pitched the right bid because I've always wanted to do this myself. I used to make my supplements. Like when I worked at the vitamin shop um, in grad school, I'd mix together my own ingredients, make pre-workouts, make vasodilators, all kind of stuff because I'm a nerd like that. But Hello. eventually, I, I pitched the right bid. And now suddenly, this fall, I'll have my supplement line released as well. And it's like just all these things that's just so overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. It's just fascinating that like when I think about it, like what you just laid it out, like you got a podcast, you got a book coming out, you got a supplement line coming out. And what, what like how, me, me? I'm nothing special. I'm literally nothing special. I came from nothing. I didn't come from money. I didn't come from wealth. I did never had anything. Like, never had anything to stand on, but it's like, it's everything that is going on right now. It's something I've created. And it's something I've created by just being my genuine self. And if you don't like it, go suck a dick and go somewhere else. But if you do like it, stay tuned because I'm here to show you guys that you can do it too. Like, all these things I never would have thought would have been possible, right? Like, I just didn't think it was possible. I didn't think I would ever have the money to do it, or I didn't think I'd have the opportunity. And it's just like, you create opportunities. You create opportunities every single day. And honestly, human interaction is the most important thing, how you make people feel. Like, I can lift all the weight in the world, and that's great. But it's what you do with how you lift the weight. It's how you make people feel with that empowerment and stuff. And it just, it's things line up for you whenever you're genuine things line up for you when you do the right thing over and over again and it's like for the longest time i just felt like you know it's like i don't understand like i'm spinning my wheels i'm doing the right thing i'm working harder than anybody else why am i not the best why have i not succeeded to the point that i want to but that's what it is it just takes a little bit more it takes a little bit more and then you just keep going and then eventually you see, you know, you see what the weight was for, like, and as I read a quote one time, it's like, hopefully when you get what's yours and what you've been working for, you'll see what the, what, what you had to wait for, you know, like we want everything yesterday, we want everything tomorrow, but it's like, just like with powerlifting, you don't get strong overnight, you get strong over years, and you get strong through reps and reps and reps and reps continuously, and nothing special, and it's like, that's what I've done for my entire life. I did that my entire life, and I transformed myself from nothing special, somebody that nobody listened to, somebody that I'd sit at a table, and I, I didn't even have a name. Well, who is this? Oh, that's Shannon's little sister. That's, you know, Amanda's friend. That's somebody just, I didn't even have a name or identity. Now, people want to listen to me. People want me on their podcast. So, you, you know, you reaching out to me and thinking it's special that, you know, Thank you for being on my podcast. I want to thank you for having me on your podcast. See, that's the thing with me is that I will never forget what it's like to be somebody that nobody listens to. I'll never forget what it's like to be that person that gets kicked out of the gym for being too much. I'll never forget what it's like to be a nobody, to really actually be nothing special and to have people that don't appreciate you. I'll never forget what that's like. And so now that I have the opportunity for people to listen to me, that's something that's really, really really changed my life and I guarantee and plan that like all the things and all the adventures and the venues that I'm doing like I know for a fact that I'm going to say the right things to the right person and I'm going to make a difference in somebody else's life somebody that was just like me but might not have the mental fortitude to keep pushing you know because it gets old it gets old real quick when people keep telling you no or keep 
talking over you or nobody listens to you. Everybody thinks you're just too much. She's just, you know, blah, blah, blah. It gets hard. It gets hard to just keep showing up. And so I'm just here to tell everybody that you just got to do it. You just got to keep showing up. Be genuinely yourself and all the right things will happen. Whatever your dreams, hopes, goals are, just keep showing up, keep doing it, and keep staying true to yourself because you are too much for the wrong person. You are too much for the wrong people, but it doesn't ever matter. It just matters what you're willing to do to be where you want to be and to be who you, who you are. So here we are. And here we are. And, and who you are makes that impact because, like, those, you know, that full, that, you know, half-naked model, the Instagram spread – cool you got you know that's fine and even though you got an instagram spotlight but you know you 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 know that instagram that full spread that per, that whatever that was that's a that thing will be forgotten you know they didn't yeah. they didn't you know like you know bring like get me choked up and you know bring me to tears out, out of hype and make me want to go to the gym or you know you know make me feel inspired just because somebody doesn't recognize your value it doesn't make you worth any less right so like just because somebody doesn't understand how valuable you are they don't actually you know applaud it it doesn't make you any less valuable you just have to find the right person that actually does appreciate and shows you your value so you are as valuable as you as you view yourself and so no matter what somebody else tries to you know you don't get your you don't get your full spread you just get a little corner or if you don't even get a shout out period of dot it doesn't change how valuable you are it, you know, by their perspective. So yeah. What's the old saying? You can be the, the sweetest peach in the orchard, but you'll still find someone who hates peaches. Exactly. Though I don't know anyone who hates peaches to be fair, but yeah, peach rings are my, probably my favorite. Candy. I mean, I mean, you're from Georgia. I would expect it also, but I'm from South Carolina. Thank you very much. Uh, my bad. South Carolina. It's okay. Actually, you, nobody you, knows where I'm from, where I live because everybody's like, Mama, you're from Alabama. And I'm like, no, no, not really, kind of. <laughs> not really, kind of. Okay, South Carolina, not Georgia. Your videographer was in Georgia, my bad. Yeah. That's it. I'm, I, I've been to the East Coast like twice, and so sometimes my <laughs> East Coast geography is fucked. Oh, you're good. You should come out some. I, I would love to. One of my best friends also lives in Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. So I've been, I've, been, I've been wanting to go out there and like, just like, give me, just give me a reason. <laughs> okay, well, come on, come on out. I know all the gyms. I know everything hanging out that way. So come on out. We'll make it happen. Oh, I'm all about it. All about it. I mean, hell, I love to even come in. I'm that person. I'll always tip you with a good time. Like, I'm, I am that person 100%. If you're like, well, I want to do it. I'm like, okay, get the ticket. Like, that's how Texas <laughs> happened with me and Bemidji and I, my videographer. He was sitting there. He's like, I want to shoot in Texas. I was like, okay, I'll set up some seminars. He's like, seriously. I was like, yep. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. All right. Oh, and you tell me with a good time. I will. I will bite. I will bite. So, um, uh, that was it for the questions that I had. So you knew that I. I mean, I know we're going on like an hour thirty, but I still would, you know, like to get around to you. You know, looking. I probably have about a solid. Maybe I'd actually don't have much much time for you. I probably got about a solid like ten minutes. I can continue to talk. Cool. I have an appointment. I have an appointment at yep. ten. So. Nope. No, 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 no. That that that's per- that's perfect. Well, then how about we can just kind of enter into the wrap up by just a little talk a little bit about the I champion mindset. <laughs> yeah, I, I can too. So if we ever hang out, I'm sure it'll we'll gab. Um, but yeah, just talk a little bit about what you got, you know, going on next with the Champion Mindset seminars and what those are like, and you know how they can reach you and and, and book you. Okay. Um, 
well, let's see. Uh, on tour next, we're going to be going to drug tested nationals in Vegas, and I'm going to be handling um, handling one of my one of my clients there, and I'll be handling a client. Um, Dominici in New York. Uh, the following, like, like in New York, two days later, um, the next Champion Mindset Seminar is going to be at Elite Fitness in Niagara Falls. Uh, it's going to be after the Eat Right Sports Expo that's in Buffalo. Um, so you guys can come check me out there. Um, and after the seminar in Niagara Falls, I'll be at Mount Vernon Barbell. Uh, the end of the month, and that's really all I have planned out up till now because I only plan my days, weeks, as you know, in little blocks of time so that way I don't get too overwhelmed. But I know I'll be going to Arkansas later in the year. I'll be going, let's see, I got my tour shirt right here. Let's see. I'll, we'll be going to St. Louis, working with Squat the Depth um, in August as well. We'll be going to Fayetteville, Arkansas. There's a Champion Mindset seminar. This is my first one that's going to be um, out in South Carolina in September. Then I got one September 14th with Ed Cohn over at uh, Iron Soul. Oh, hey. <laughs> Trevor and I are going to be doing one in Modesto on uh, two days before my birthday, September 28th. So if that's anywhere close to you, come hang out. And I think in December, I'm going to be, might be working with CC setting up one. And then I'll be in Massachusetts as well. I'll be all over the place. So everybody just stay tuned with that. Um, there'll be plenty of graphics going out. And just reminders, but for how you guys can get ticket info and everything like that, um, I'd love to have any and everybody come out because what I do with these seminars is pretty much I trick you into thinking it's like a powerlifting seminar, and then when you get there, it's all about personal development and how to better yourself and just better your mindset and mentality to make you not only a better lifter but a better person as well. And that's really the key to everything in life, not necessarily just building your total, but building yourself as a whole, complete person. That's what will you know get you further in the long run rather than just focusing solely on squatting, benching, and deadlifting. But if you're interested, come check out one of those. I'd love to have everybody. I'd love to have any and everybody out. You know, if you got a set of ears to listen, you don't even have to be be a lifter. I can teach you that. But if you got a set of ears to listen, you, you know, you won't regret it. Um, for booking information, you can contact me or you can contact my agent. You can email me at baddogbarbell at gmail.com. Um, I also, I'm accepting new clients probably next month, next month that I'm expanding my training company, uh, next month as well. So Bama Brick Squad Training, we will be accepting new clients and trying to grow our growing family. So stay tuned for that. And that's really about all I got for you. Wow, that's that's more than enough. I'll be, I'll be any and everywhere at all moments of time. So you just got to keep your eyes peeled. Just be, be on the lookout for a wild Bama stealing your yep. girls. A if wild you, Bama appears, and just make sure you hide the kids, hide the wives. Hide the kids, hide your wives, and be, be prepared. Um, yep. yeah, all right. Well, that's that's a perfect way to end. Thank you so much. This was a blast. I think this was a great talk, and I think you know anybody in my small little group of people who listen will you – know, I hope they get something out of it. Um, thank you for always being an inspiration to me. Thank you for – you know, being, you know, being who you are because you always hit home and make an impact, which is, you know, very selfishly why I wanted to have you on. And hopefully other people, if they don't know you already, will get that. And um, I just, I can't wait to see what you do next. And best believe Modesto is a bit of a drive, but I will, I don't, I don't give a shit. I will make that drive and I will come and hang out with you and Trevor. So I live in Ventura, California, which is right above Malibu. Um, okay. so I'm like, I'm like 50 miles, 
from like the LA Fit Expo where you where we were, about 50 to 60 okay. miles north of well, that. Well, I mean, I'll be back in California before or after that for sure too. So if it's a little drive, I'll make sure I'll make sure I get a little closer for you next time. But I don't, I, don't, love, I, I would love to see you hang out. We'll have dinner, breakfast, whatever. You know, we can link up. We'll we'll do, do all whatever. all the things. And I, I don't give I don't give a shit. I like I like a good drive. I will I will come for that. But if you ever do when you get to Cali and you want to come hang by the beach, you you can come you come you come hang out. I'm with it. Yes, ma'am. All right. Again, I'll let you go. And but again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I can't wait to you know link up again. No, and, seriously, and seriously, if you need me for anything else, if you want to do episode two, if you get bored and you don't have anybody else that will you know get on for you, we'll get on a topic. Like we'll set a topic and we'll just roll with it. Like I absolutely, I mean, I mean that 100 percent because I know that sometimes it is hard starting out doing stuff. You know, getting people to be on talk to you. I can talk for hours about Harry Potter. So I mean, just get me, get me in the right situation, <laughs> and we'll make yeah. it happen. Okay, so I promise you that. But I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you taking your time off and get up talk to me and make it happen oh that's what we do we make it happen and that's that's, we we get money we get money and we hang out with people who help us get money and like seeing us get money so all right homie well i love you you're the best i can't wait to see you have next and go keep killing it all right my man you have a good one if you need me just hit me up okay oh you know i'll holla all right right, you too Bye 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 All right, y'all. It's an hour and 36 minutes of that Stacy Bama Burr invasion. She's amazing. I hope you guys got something out of that. I know I did, and I was you know, completely geeked out the whole time because uh, she's awesome, and I get a lot out of her. So thank you for tuning into this episode of the Nerds Who Lift podcast. Shout out to Viking Performance Chalk. You guys are the best, always sponsoring. If you guys haven't checked them out, Go and check them out. They make the best chalk in the biz for lifting shit. Calvary Illustrations, thank you as always. Thank you again to Stacey Bama Burr. You can find her on Instagram at Bama, uh, or you can just type in Stacey Burr and she'll pop up. The Bama Brick Squad Training, you can follow them as well. You know, if she's in your area, link up with her, check her out. She's amazing. And again, even if you don't power lift, even if you, you know, whatever you do, you know, Stacy, you know, Stacy just no one hypes like Stacy. So I think I'm gonna coin the phrase, the the phrase Major Bama, because she she definitely does that. All right, guys. So again, thank you for tuning in for the Nerds Who Live podcast. Uh, really excited about this one. So hope you enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in for the episodes. That's been coming out. It's been really cool. I love the feedback getting from you guys. I really appreciate it. And hopefully we just keep it rolling for you. Until next time, I'm Nicholas, and this is the Nerds Who Live Podcast.